pop that Sudafed <clears throat> and clear your throat. It's the Woodworking Morning Show. Good morning, everybody. That's a catchy little tune. Yes, I wrote it myself, actually. And I made it royalty-free and sold it to Apple. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't even know where I got that one. Uh, royalty-free songs. I'm sure fun. we'll find out if we... <laughs> well, we get that notification get that from notification. Uh, YouTube. Uh, hey, good morning, everybody. It is the Woodworking Morning Show. Yep. It is Tuesday. I am Mark. And I am Nicole. And we are going to talk about woodworking today. Uh, just a little heads up. Today mm. is the uh, last Tuesday show for a little while. Yeah. Uh, frankly, because I'm falling behind. Yeah. I've got a lot of stuff in the shop. I'm down, uh, down a man. Down a man. I'm down. <laughs> we've got the men down. <laughs> and uh, and I'm, I'm, tr- I'm just having trouble getting stuff done. Uh, believe it or not, the thing with the Friday show and the Tuesday show, um, I don't know if people realize, we don't put a ton of work into it, prep work, but I lose about a half day to the live show. Mm-hmm. Uh, add that together with Friday, and it's like losing a full day of work, and now it's you know it's crunch time. Because after the show's over, there's show notes, there's posting, there's audio, there's yeah. follow-up on next show. Got to make the podcast version. Anyway, yeah. you, you guys it's don't a whole care. Thing. You guys don't care, but we will continue to do our normal uh, Friday show, and then maybe as things lighten up, we could start doing a Tuesday show once in a while. I don't know. We'll N- see. Nathan wants to know if you got a haircut, which means... I did cut my hair. He did it. I did it myself. I did a little bit yeah, of it. Yeah, I, I, you know the little Pee Wee Herman portion <laughs> in the front that has to be up and a little bit longer? Mm-hmm. I needed her to even that out a little bit for me. Um, I probably could have even done that myself uh, yeah. because she just, she's so gentle. She's like, <laughs> taking off like a 16th of I an inch. I didn't want to take a lot off. Like, you could do a little more than that. Yeah, but yeah I cut my own hair. Uh, and I cut Ava's hair yeah. earlier like, last week. I really week. am so thankful for that. Yeah. She, she's been sitting on the couch and she rubs her head in the back of the couch. And mm-hmm. so the, it's like this knot ball. Yeah. Every time I try to comb it. Ah! Oh, she freaks out. Ah! See, what you guys don't know is that I come from a long line of hairdressers. Yes. <laughs> Actually, my dad. Your dad. My dad cut That's hair. the long line. That's a, it's a very long line, <laughs> all the way from him to me. He had his own barbershop. Yeah. He cut my hair that one time. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. actually, and I, I didn't get many haircuts as a kid because my dad was always able to cut it. Uh, all right, so we're going to get started with the show. Mm-hmm. If you want to help support us, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash woodwhisperer. And I want to thank some people who did just that, and they helped us out by signing up for one of those levels. It's like a subscription, uh, but it's really just a donation. Um, mm-hmm. you, you might get something in return. Uh, but anyway, go check that out. Sam Davis, Chase Moore, Alex Copley, Barbara Bloodsworth, Todd Frazier, uh, Mike Medeiros Jr., and Jim Thompson. Hi. So thank you. You nice, wonderful collection of people. We appreciate your support. <laughs> yeah. Um, the way the rewards work with Patreon, uh, Mark's mom has some of the rewards. I have some of the rewards. So mm-hmm. we go in there and we look and uh, take care of those. It's a tricky time with uh, a store in two places. Yeah. All right, so we have questions. Questions. uh, I've got pre-selected questions from Patreon. Nicole's going to grab and and, um, pepper in questions from Mm -hmm. the chat room live. If you do a super chat, it always bumps me up. I try to scan the chat as as we go. Uh, But Robert Price did a super chat, and he just said, for buying a man, since you're one down. I need a man. I need a man. Can someone find me a man? (laughs) I need a man. (laughs) Yeah, actually, Jay came in yesterday. He comes in now, like, what, maybe once a week. Yeah. 
Uh, we keep our distance. It's usually on days like if I'm in the shop, he's downstairs packing templates. templates. Uh, and when I'm out of the shop, he can come in and kind of straighten up or put the garbage out or do something. Um, but we've got it limited to one day a week. He helps out. Does the minimum, you know. Um, it's a, it's just a tricky time. Yesterday, I had uh, Brian Benham. Oh, yeah, Brian. Uh, he lives near Colorado Springs or in, in the Springs. Uh, he goes to Austin Hardwoods for his lumber pickups. So he's at a point now, I mean, he's a professional. He's got to get wood in order to, to feed his family, right? So uh, he was going to make the trip, and we were talking about it. And I was like, I just don't, like, I'm not essential, right? There are still things I can do to make videos that don't involve me having to go get materials. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I'll just pick it up for you and drop it off. I was like, dude, that would be so awesome. So <laughs> he, he did that. So we kind of consolidated our trip. Only one of us had to go. Uh, and he came over and dropped off a bunch of wood in my I driveway. I have uh, a few friends in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Like when they're like, ah, oh, I need this. I'm like, well, I'm going to the grocery store. I'll pick it up and it's I drop a, it off. Yeah, I mean, if you're just going to, just in terms of limiting how many bodies mm -hmm. are out there in the first yeah. place, it was great. So if uh, if you're watching this, Brian, I know you got better things to do <laughs> than watch the morning show. But uh, thank you for that. That was pretty awesome. So I got some more sapelli for nice. the top of the big green egg table. Yeah, it's, and, it's looking like a beefy table. It's looking like a beefy table. Like a beefy look table. at you, your beefy table. Look at your fat legs. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll be. <laughs> I don't know where my little. You're thing from. Is. You're from Missouri. I don't know how you turn know. into an Italian yeah, sometimes. I don't know. Ah, look at you with your oh. chubby legs. <laughs> Come, come stay at my house. How come you never stay eat, at my house? Eat. That was my grandma. Yeah. My grandma used to say that all the time. Yeah. You, Mark, you stay at my house. I'm like, Grandma, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> it makes me very uncomfortable. <laughs> You have plastic on your couch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to do a show? Yeah, let's do a show. <laughs> I just wanted to say uh, thank you to Michael Whittingham. He says, good morning, Mark and Nicole. I'm here in Jamaica waiting for the only woodworking podcast, Richly or Spice Richly with Family Life. Best wishes. Take care. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Somebody said, uh, Kevin says that that sweater is your color. Oh, thank you. All right. It's purpley. It's a, I like it. Very purpley. You're very purpley. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Apple Apina wants to know how many guild members there are. Here's mm. the thing with guild members. It's a big number. Yeah. But you have to understand that just by buying a project, you become a guild member. Yeah. Uh, and when you say the word member, it kind of implies like an active membership. So mm -hmm. if someone is trying to figure out how much money I make... If you take that number and you multiply it out, it's not like we're it's Netflix. Not. You're not paying us every month. And we've been gathering members since 2009. Yeah. So these are customers in our database who have membership privileges, right? Um, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head. I think we're over 20,000 at this point. I thought it was 15. No, we're, oh. we're over 20 oh. at this point. I did, I did not know that. You, you don't pay I attention, Nicole. Know. I do and not know Neither that. do I because I don't actually know the number. So <laughs> either way, it's about 20,000, so... It's quite a few people. I know when I when I send out our our weekly uh, newsletter, it's around mm -hmm. twelve thousand that are engaged. Yeah, and that's the question: is yeah. really how many people are actively participating? That's a more difficult number to measure, mm -hmm. but you know we we have some ways for for <laughs> folks who actually care to look into it. Uh, which member has the most DKP? More DKP, DKP minus. More dots. More dots. If you don't know what to do. <laughs> I missed that one. Uh, that uh, anybody is that stuff. is old school, wow, would get that. You didn't know what to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into Todd's question here. He wants to know, have you always enjoyed finishing? If not, what was it that made an impact that caused you to enjoy it uh, and be very knowledgeable, knowledgeable about it like you do now? Thanks. Yeah. Uh, finishing, I think, 
has always been somewhat interesting to me. <coughs> I'm sorry. <coughs> Look, I'm the only one who can cough and, I got a, a and make throat noises on the show. Nicole. I got the, I got a tickle. That's kind of my thing. Um, <sighs> yeah, I, I, I think the finishing thing. One of the reasons why I like it is because it's kind of chemistry. Not kind of, it is chemistry. Uh, and once you start to dial into that, having a bit of a science background, I think as I saw the problems people were having in finishing, um, and it just kind of occurred to me that this is science actually, right? Like this is just how does this chemical behave? What happens when you mix it with this thing? What happens when you put it on top of something else and then it cures? What is the, you know, what is the polymerization process, oxidation process? Like how is the finish actually curing? This was all just kind of stuff that was interesting to me, but it was also things I saw people having trouble with. So I saw it as an opportunity for me to kind of learn more about that and, and find it interesting and be able to help other people with that. Uh, but at the same time as being, you know, finishing is a science, it's also an art form. And there's a degree of, you know, the experience level and just certain voodoo black magic that some people can do with finishing that just makes a finish look amazing. Uh, so I like this sort of combination of the artistic side of finishing, but also the science behind it. So I think that's what really got me into it. I really like your shirt. Thank you. I got this for him. It's been him. a while since I had new shirts. I know, I got it for his birthday. Kohl's. And, and again, I got to keep rotating my stock. I, I keep know. grabbing the same shirts all the time. I try to do that for you, but you're, uh, yeah. you're a big boy. I figure you could... I can figure, help myself. You can figure it out. Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> All right. Uh, Araya Woodwork says, I know you always say that you are not a woodworker, but a content creator and teacher. And clarification on that. I don't ever say that I'm not a woodworker. Yeah. I'm definitely a woodworker. A master craftsman. I'm not a professional woodworker. Yeah. Well, you used to be. No, now. Professional. It's debatable because yeah. I still make money with my yeah. woodworking. I just. I always thought it was I, like the master craftsman title. I never like, used that title yeah. either. But I think what he's referring to is the fact that when I say that I won't, my legacy won't be my woodworking, uh, my yes. legacy will be my teaching. I yeah, think that's yeah, what yeah. he's yeah, getting yeah. at. Yeah. How would you break down the time you spend in the shop versus the time you spend on the computer? Would you want to spend more time doing one or the other? Oh, I definitely want more shop time. Yeah, you go through phases though. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, and it depends on how much content we have banked, uh, how much content. Our uh, editor, Todd, has. He sends it back to me, and I have to do kind of a finalization of the footage. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm spending a lot less time in the office than I used to. And it used to be like a 50-50 thing, right? I would mm -hmm. be half of the time I'm in the shop, half of the time I'm in the office. Now, especially when Jason was working with us, it was more like 90-10. It's weird. You, you usually call him Jay to hear you call him Jason. I call him Jason. I, yeah. I go back and forth. Yeah. We're like that. We're close <laughs> like that, Nicole. Sometimes I call him J-Dog, even though he hates it. J-Dog. He can't stand it, but I'm going to call him J-Dog anyway. <laughs> All right. I need some up, dog. Uh, what's up, dog? <laughs> what's up, dog? <laughs> okay. Um, Karen. Karen Seriously. G. All right. Karen, Karen says, we took down a dying ash tree last year, and I still have large chunks of it in the yard. Are they worth keeping? Turn it. What's the process to make the wood usable? Trying to decide whether to keep it or throw it out. Uh, you got to look at it, Karen. I don't really turn a lot. So if you're talking about chunks of wood, this is someone else's territory. I can tell you what I've heard from other people. Um, when Ashley was here, there were a couple of trees in the neighborhood that the mm -hmm. landscapers took down. And I was out for a run and I saw them. I'm like, I wonder if Ashley would like, if I could take one of these chunks. What if she would like this random wood? Here's a chunk of wood, Ashley. <laughs> It's from a uh, crap tree, um, but she's like, well, the problem is if it's just if it's cut up and just left there, a lot of times it could start to rot. Yeah. It can start to dry improperly, so you have checking and cracks throughout. Um, 
she's like, it has to be fresh or it has to be properly treated. So a lot of times if you get a blank out of a log, they coat it with like that Anchor Seal product is like a waxy sealer that helps, you know, control the yeah. amount of moisture that's lost, slows it down and makes it a more viable blank um, over time. So the question is, I, you got to look at them. You got to go inspect them and see if there's anything worth um, working with. Sometimes if they're big enough, you can cut the outside, you know, checked material away and get to something that's decent on the inside. Uh, but you won't really know until you really start to dig in, as far as I'm aware, with this kind of thing. That makes sense? That makes sense. That makes sense. Hi, Jeannie Gra oh, Judy. Sorry. Judy. Sorry, Judy Grass. We have a Jeannie. Don't we? Jeannie Grassy. Yeah, Judy Grass and Jeannie Grassy. Jeannie Grassy. <laughs> Good morning, Spags. I made another. Made it to another one. Yay! Gonna miss the Tuesday show. Yeah, we might bring it back. I just got to get my schedule under control. Yeah. I mean, I, I was doing great this year. I was mm. doing like a video every week on the free site. And had I known this whole virus thing was going to happen, I might have paced myself a little bit. Because <laughs> there was a point where I'm like, I got to get videos out. Yeah. They're piling up. This is footage that was filmed before Christmas. We really need to get this out. And here we are now kind of starred for mm. footage. Oh, well. Uh, where was I? Charles Masters says, I'm sure you've said it before, but what's your favorite wood to work with? What's your favorite grain pattern? Uh, he's got a two-parter. You know, I can't say I really have a true favorite, but these days I'm working a lot with cherry and walnut. And walnut might... Certain types of walnut, certain grain patterns in walnut might just be my favorite thing. I'd have to really think about it a little bit more, but I do love that walnut. Uh, and a question, <laughs> I think, for you, Nicole. Do you have mm. a favorite species of wood? Mm, I like walnut. Walnut's I find, nice, right? I find that I, I gravitate towards walnut. Yeah. Not a fan of the lighter woods. Mm. Mm. Maybe cherry. What about cherry? I was going to say cherry. Because we, we have a lot of cherry and walnut yeah. in our house. I, but I prefer walnut. What about the exotics? Do you like any of the... Babingas. Well, what about this? That's it's that's sapili. Right. I don't really like the reds. Yeah, you're I'm not. not a, I'm not a red. fan of the reds. Okay, I'll add. So a, like Paduke. That's Ugh. a that's a hardcore red. Yeah. Ugh. Orangey red. Um, maybe I'll just hit this with some green dye to tone down the red. <laughs> Turn it into a, like a crap brown. <laughs> no, it's, it's no? fine. Okay. It's, I have no opinion of outside furniture for you. Like if you're doing it, it's for it's fine. You're just whatever. You're asking me my favorite. I'm telling you my favorite. Yeah, Nicole's favorite outdoor furniture is the one with a cushion on it. Yes. <laughs> a nice, clean cushion. A nice, clean cushion. She doesn't care what's under that cushion. Yeah. <laughs> All right. My good buddy Chris Kalnassi says, hey. I applied three coats of Danish oil on my Rubo top. Would you apply something on top of that, like shellac, just to add more protection? Uh, also, I'm really liking the idea of a tool tray on the back side. Any smart way to, uh, you think, to attach it aside from just straight gluing it on, um, maybe considering having it easily removable um, and to clean out my shavings. Okay, so on the workbench, I don't think workbenches need a lot of protection. I think they really should have a light-duty finish on them, something that's easy to repair when you want to reapply it and refresh the finish. I like your path with Danish oil. Three coats is more than enough. It's a decent amount of protection. It shouldn't absorb stains if you spill something. Um, you're never going to be able to put anything on it that's going to resist abrasion, cuts, drilling. I'm starting to work out. You're Hold on, using, what am I doing? You're using your arms so much. No, it doesn't that work. That your watch says, I think you're working out. I hit it is what happened. But hold on, I'm doing, a, I'm doing an outdoor walk. I'm going to do one of those. No, it's not that, Nicole. Don't make fun of my hands. <laughs> but I did start a workout. Okay. 
Oh my god, that's hilarious. So I don't think adding more finish on top of that is going to be a great idea. If you start adding film finishes, really thick film finishes, something like a shellac, you're going to turn your bench top into something like a piece of furniture. It's going to be slick. And you know what you don't want your workbench to be? Slick. Slick. You want it to be grippy if you can. So stick with what you got. Three coats of Danish oil is perfectly fine. I would call it done at that point. As for um, a tray on the back, you could do something, maybe like a French cleat that might be an option, something that would be removable, though a French cleat might also come off when you don't want it to. Uh, I would probably just design a little hang-on dealy whacker. I would not glue it. I would probably just screw it in place and make sure those screws are accessible after the fact, and this way you could take it down if you need to. A thingamajigger. Yeah, yeah, that. Ron Carlson says, uh, having had a poor result trying to route some Jatoba, it grabbed a chunk of wood, threw it across the room. I'm wondering what speed the router should be set when working with very hard woods. Uh, thanks for the lessons, Ron. Okay, so speed is really, it's really um, mostly a matter of the bit that you're using. Uh, certain diameter bits have certain RPM values. Excuse me. Oh, God. <laughs> Sometimes, look. That's what happens when you drink coffee. This is, you guys are used to this. This is nothing new. Um, so, yeah, it's more like if you have a really large diameter bit, you want to slow it down. If you have just like a little quarter-inch straight bit in there, you could speed it up. Um, when it comes to really dense hardwoods, most of the time I find that the easiest thing to do is vary your feed rate and vary your depth of cut. So a lot of times you have to really sneak up on it, take multiple passes, moving the fence and engaging more of the bit as you go instead of trying to take so much off at once. Uh, that to me has always been the key with working with those dense hardwoods, not so much varying the RPM of the, the bit. You don't necessarily want to change that. That could make things worse. It could start to burn if it's going too fast or if it's going too slow and it decides to catch, you may have even worse of a kickback, right? So try to take little bites. Yum, 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 yum. Okay. Mike Davies. How flat is really necessary for the back of a chisel? I've got a Narex one, and uh, they're taking a lot of work to get flat, but they're good from the tip to about three-eighths back. I mean, Japanese chisels have a big hollow intentionally, right? So am I good here? I think so. I, I mean, I'd, I generally like to see about an inch of the, the tip of the chisel flat. But I don't think it is absolutely necessary that you go to a full inch. Think about it. It's just the reference surface. Now, the key with a Japanese chisel is if it's a single hollow, because they could be multiple hollows. If it's a single hollow, it is flat at the tip, but it's also the flatness extends back on the outside edges, right? And it creates that little trough. And sometimes you even have a multiple hollow where, again, you have the tip and then you have flatness with those the areas where it rises up again. Really, this is only going to be a problem when you're referencing off another surface and you want to keep your chisel nice and square. That's really what we're talking about is that reference surface. So at three-eighths of an inch, you could probably get most things done and it's probably close enough that if you need to engage more than three-eighths of an inch of that chisel, um, it's probably not going to be noticeable. It's not that big of a deal. So I think you're okay for now. Here's the thing. Over time, you're going to sharpen again. You're going to probably flatten that back again at some point. Slowly but surely, that 3 eighths is going to get wider and wider and wider. Um, it may take years to do that. But as long as you get it sharp and you don't really notice any problems in the actual work you're producing, stop. Don't drive yourself nuts. I hate to see when people pursue a full flat back and they're driving <clears throat> themselves crazy when the reality is they, they can get away with a lot less than that. So I got an email <clears throat> back in February. Oh February 5th, <clears throat> uh, Howard uh, sent me this email and I... 
I forgot about it. How I'm just trying to get through my email. My inbox is just packed to yep. the gills. Mm -hmm. uh, so Howard says, Happy New Year <laughs> to the Wood Whisperer in the Guild. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Howard. <laughs> uh, the efforts, your efforts have changed the way I... I relate to my own work, and I can't express how much I appreciate it. I'm setting up a new garage shop, and I have the opportunity to vent my dust collection externally because mm -hmm. I have no, no near neighbors. I know that in Arizona, <laughs> you vented outside. I have a com I've combed your videos and searched for the details, but I can't find what I'm looking for. Uh, did you use it? I thought it? we answered this did question we? already. Did I already? Did I not? I remember answering both of those questions. Oh, he lives in Steamboat. So, yeah. Sorry, Howard. You already got that answer. <laughs> I was going to say, this we talked me about not it. not being organized. I was talking about the dryer vent. Yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, so we did answer yeah, that yeah, question. Yeah. And then I got a, back in, again, February, Ian, uh, he's from Australia. Uh, Ian Oi! Ryan. So he just sent us a nice email, That's what email Australians too. say. No, no, they don't. I mean, maybe they do, but. <laughs> okay. So he just wanted to express uh, his uh gratitude and thank us for okay. doing the show well so. thanks ian my brother's name is ian did you know that now you now, do now he does tony tang has tony. he's got a twofer he says uh we're gonna call him uh tony tang two question tony tang two question uh he <laughs> says i want to build a grid work 11 by 11 inch box with cross lap joints the grid piece will be a quarter inch thick one and a half inches tall i'll be shipping it from southern california to beijing where it's very oh, humid wow. uh any wood movement concerns maybe I don't know. Possibly. There's always a chance. Anytime you move from any condition that's you know dramatically different from where you currently are, you could very well have problems. Did Ed move the furniture you made him from Arizona to Turkey? No. He, he kept it here? He kept it here, but he kept it in a cooled um, storage unit. Yeah. And it was swamp cooled, like with a swamp cooler. So the humidity went through the roof and he had problems. So you might, but we're talking about a pretty small box, 11 by 11. So the smaller these things are, the more stable they're likely to be because the wood just doesn't, you know, grand total isn't moving as much. So it's certainly possible that it'll be okay, but it's hard to say. I don't really know for sure. Um, but if your joinery is good and anything that is going to move, you allow for that movement, you should be fine. You should be okay. Should be. <laughs> should be. And uh, second part of the question here, I'm considering buying some walnut from Belfast. What kind of quality uh, should I be expecting? I know they have picks. I'm mostly concerned if the wood would be badly warped and twisted. All right, so normally not the case, right? No. We always hear good reports about Belfast. They're very careful about picking good, stable wood. If something goes haywire, I have heard that they will replace boards Their for you. Their customer service is really good. Customer service is top-notch there. Uh, and I think they actually... I mean, you do want to lower your expectations because you are not there picking the wood out of the pile. So if the grain isn't exactly what you want it to be, you might have to compromise on that. Someone else is picking these boards for you. If you get past that, though, you will wind up with a nice, decent selection of stable wood. That's the, that's the goal. And I applaud them for their customer service because... You know, wood moves. And even if you do everything right, you could still have uh, wood moving, especially since they're shipping it all over the country. Yet somehow they warranty that in a way. Mm -hmm. You know, like you call them and say, well, this board warped. And they're like, okay, here's another board. Um, I don't know if it's that simple. But it, from what I've heard, they are very good yeah. about standing behind their material. Kenneth Dunn says, I ditched my Harbor Freight compound miter saw, and I'm going with a table sled mm -hmm. for crosscuts. What are some strategies for long board cuts on a sled? Well... I have a video on that. 
I think I called it like the Franken sled. Oh yeah, the Franken sled. I showed how I take like in an auxiliary fence that extends out yeah, further yeah, yeah. that you connect to your main fence with a stop lock. Um, that's usually how I do it. If you have a full size table saw, a lot of times kind of contrary to that video, instead of going with the, you know, I'm standing at my table saw pushing through this way, instead of the material going out to the left and hanging off the edge of the table, you could also use the uh, extension wing of the table and go this oh, way. Oh, there it is. <clears throat> Episode 190. Episode 190. Got I'll a video it, for I'll that. Put, I'll put a link in the chat and, and in the show notes. Yeah, that's good. Uh, let's see. Chase Moore, how often do you need to change the helical heads on your Powermatics? I have the same models. Not often. And it really, <clears throat> excuse me, it really is a matter of how much you use it. Uh, I had that planer for years. I got that a few years. Well, I got it before, shoot, it was in Arizona, and I think it was before the, the Dream Shop built. So I've had it for a while, and I just changed and rotated the, um, the cutters on there probably about two or three months ago. Did I notice a big difference? Nope. So I did it because so much time had gone by. I was like, I gotta be at a point where I'm ready to rotate these things. And I did it, actually Jay did it, and uh, it didn't make that much of a difference. I didn't rotate it because I was seeing a problem. I just thought, well, hey, it's you know, a good maintenance thing, right? So you have four shots on each one of those heads. And each time you rotate it 90 degrees, you're, you've used one up, now you've got four shots. I've gone years on one, and I didn't even really need to, to, to make the change. I don't think I'm ever gonna, unless I start to chip these things or I run something through and it hits a nail or something, I can't imagine having to rotate them very often. So um, now I'm not a production shop. That's one thing to keep in mind. So I'm not putting as much board footage through there as some other people might. But um, if you've seen what I do, you follow me on Instagram, you'll see the pace that I work at. Um, it gets a workout. It's a well-used machine. But those carbide uh, cutters on there are just amazing. Hmm. So I have not yet rotated the ones on the jointer because the jointer is only about a year old now. Um, but yeah, it's amazing. Those things are great. Folky, I'm done with questions. Folky Foray <laughs> says, do you have a drawing of the green egg table? Curious about the end product. Yes. Uh, go take a look at my Instagram account. <laughs> uh, I, and also I think it cross posts to Facebook. Yeah. Um, I've posted my my progress on that as well as when I initially started it I was asking for people's opinions on the rails mm -hmm. so you'll see the initial sketch up of that stuff um, but it's there cool beans yeah 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 Kevin Windsor <coughs> did a super chat are the carbide inserts on the spiral head the same as those used to cut metal mm. <laughs> oh yeah I don't know do you use a carbide those square carbide inserts to cut metal yeah, I, don't know. I as woodworkers, we use them really in two places: um, your jointer planers, and then you you will find them on the end of sticks for turning. Right, that's mm -hmm. the carbide scraper. Oh yeah, the easy wood tools. Yeah, those little inserts. Uh, so, do they use them to cut metal? I don't know. I feel like we didn't give you your money's worth. Uh, no, I... that was a super chat. Yes. All right, hold on. <laughs> I. Uh... I'm not sure. Yes. Give him a longer answer. <laughs> yeah, man. I I don't know anything about metal work. Uh, so I don't know what people use to cut metal. Making a maker is giving you lots of compliments on your hair. He's like, who does your hair? You look great. It's, you, know what, you know what the you, haircut looks like? It's I'm like this with a mirror 
and a, and a like, big giant zoom, clip. Zoom. My dad. I didn't do it. Everybody, I think, I think people are thinking I did it. My I dad, like it. I said, used to cut hair, yeah, right? Yeah. So he had a buzzer, uh, one of those clippers, a really good professional one that he got a he got a new one, and he's like, here, you can have it. So I've had this thing since. I don't know, middle school, high school, yeah, yeah. and it's still going. Yeah. It's on its last leg. It's yeah. like, <laughs> like it, it binds a little bit. <laughs> like, I, it hits my Ita- my thick it's Italian like, hair. It's like choking on it. But I'm in the mirror, like trying to get the back even, like this. It's actually, and I used to cut my hair all the time. Mm-hmm. So. What I tried not to do is make it look like a military cut. Yeah, yeah. And you don't like my hair oh, to be I, too short. Oh, God. There's, there was, when we lived back in Arizona, there was one time he just buzzed it. I'm like, don't do that. She's like, you have, <laughs> an, do, you have an ugly shaped head. Don't do that. I don't want to see it. I it was not a, Put hair on that thing. Look, it's like you, when I cut my hair short and you're like. Eh, I was like, eh, not your best look. Not your best look. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I cut it myself. Yeah. Uh, and I did like a little bit of the top. Okay, we got it here. We've got some uh, some people helping me out. Matt Roberson says carbide inserts for milling metal are much thicker than the ones in your jointer and planer. Interesting. <clears throat> Want to make sure he uh, he gets his money worth. <laughs> uh, somebody can hear the 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 leaf blower. The leaf blower or whatever outside. It is outside. <laughs> so, Sorry. Somebody's having yard work. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I think we're the only people around here who still cut our own lawn. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. I, don't know. Sure. I see Alan out there cutting yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. Alan does. Well, yeah. and Jim does. And Jim does, too. All right, too. I'm lying. Yeah. Like my immediate neighbors, both of them mow their yeah. own lawn. Yeah. I don't even know what I'm saying. Why am I even talking? I don't know. Uh, is it, how do you pronounce it? Jeannie? Is that Jeannie? That's Janine. Janine. Uh, <clears throat> Thornburg says, starting, start at the Rubo, thinking about glue. Plastic resin, resin for open time and gap filling. That's an option, Janine. Um, you could do that. You could do epoxy. Uh, also look into polyurethane glue. The The reason I gr- have been gravitating toward polyurethane glue, I'll be using a little bit on this project here, is because you get that long open time. It's uh, pretty easy to work with in that way. Um, and it's also very accessible. You can go to Home Depot. Well, you shouldn't now, but <laughs> you can go. Home Depot does. Uh, Home Depot. Home Depot and Lowe's are doing. Yeah, they curbside. do curbside pickup, right? I love curbside pickup. So that stuff is accessible. Um, getting plastic resin glue, epoxies, things like that—that's a little harder to get. But it sounds like you might already have it. Uh, so yeah, there's no problem using that stuff as long as you understand the the safety concerns about most of those uh, plastic resin glues that most of them com- contain formaldehyde. Not the happiest things to work with if you don't have to to you know find something else is not a bad idea but polyurethane glue is also an example of something that you could use that would give you that extra working time um tight bond extend if you only need let's say like a little bit of extra time tight bond extend is a good way to go um a lot of people have been asking me about that like is it really good and i'm like well here's the thing it does extend the time you have to work the challenge is if you're doing a let's say mortise and tenon joints it's a water-based glue. So now that water is sitting on top of the joint and swelling it, and it has a longer time to swell it. So it actually may make assembly a little bit more difficult, whereas things like polyurethane glue and epoxy, they don't have water in them. Uh, so, so you're not actually going to have those joints swelling. Uh, it'll be easier to put that thing together if it truly takes that long. But if you're just gluing together a workbench top, you're just talking about slabs of wood coming together. There's no swelling concerns. So if you only need a little bit of extra time, consider type on extend. <laughs> Zach uh, wanted to say thank you for us having our clock because he forgot what day it was. Oh, good. Same. Honestly, 
we're glad to help out. It, Mondays are the worst for me because I feel like it should <clears throat> still be Sunday on Mondays. Every day is Sunday. I know, every day. <laughs> uh, I got a question here from Douglas. Oh, whoa, 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 oh, whoa, 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 hold on, hold whoa, on. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's a lie. What? Jay does not cut my lawn. No. This year. <laughs> He did last he year. He did last year. Okay. You were traveling a lot last year. <clears throat> I was traveling a lot, and I was paying someone a salary and didn't have enough work for them. Yeah. So if I need to be inside working and that person can go cut the lawn. Keep you in the shop. That's that's what's going on. <laughs> that's, that's how it goes, man. Uh, Douglas <clears throat> says, hi, Nicole. What is Mark's science background? Well, you know what? I'm going to let you t- let him tell you. You that. don't want to t- you, let's, let's hear your interpretation, <laughs> my interpretation of is, my science background. You have a... Bachelor of Science in Molecular Biology. It's close. It's just biology. Just biology. With the focus was molecular biology. Well, well. but yeah, but I don't think I they didn't offer like a degree okay. specifically. You went to Ryder University. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You then moved out to San Diego. Uh huh. And started working at Invitrogen. Invitrogen. And you worked in. Was it a lab? It was a lab. It was a lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I can't. You think I went to like and, uh, yeah. work at a construction site I, for no, science? No, no, no. <laughs> I was thinking of Ken. Oh, not Ken. Is it Chemicon? Chemicon was the the job I got afterwards. And that, that was, was a desk job. That was the desk job because it was tech service. Yes, tech service on that. So, so. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty good. It was great. Good job. That was actually really good. Yep. Pretty accurate. You, uh, I got more questions. See. Yeah, keep going. I'm I'm just looking through here. Uh, we got one from Apo. Uh, Apina? Apina. He was telling me, since he's international, that's why he does the APO, A-A-P-O. What is the biggest thing holding you back from becoming a better woodworker? Let's forget the easiest answer, time. Um, That's the answer. Time. Um, Well, okay. Here's here's the, the most direct answer. Time is certainly a factor. If I had more time, I might be able to do more things. Yeah. This, ah, this, yeah. the Wood Whisperer, yeah. teaching, uh, constantly focused on making teaching products and, you know, doing things like writing books and uh, managing everything that goes into instruction. That is my biggest obstacle to progressing as a woodworker. If I were just, I don't know, if we were independently wealthy and I could mm-hmm. just do what I want to do woodworking wise and we didn't have the content yeah. side of things. I would have a lot more time to explore and challenge myself and do things that I'm, you know, push myself into uh, out of my comfort zone and and try new things or even go places and learn from other people, Um, spend extensive time in other people's shops. Family. Your family's holding you back. Yeah, it is family. (laughs) I should have just said family. So that I honestly, you know, that is something that is sacrificed as a result of the business we've created here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just got a super chat. From Mike Tabar, Tabar, Tabar. Mm-hmm. Percent, Percentage-wise, how many YouTube videos do you think you have neighbors doing lawn work? Just your best guess. How many do you think have? Because they can hear the lawn, the guy doing the blower. I'm sure a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say at least 15%, 20%. Well, when we lived in Arizona, we had jets that would go over. Remember the jets? I almost... Well, not almost. I have forgotten how inconvenient that was. Oh, yeah. It was hard enough to get words out perfectly, but then suddenly this jet flies over. And it would over. rattle the house. And... I, yeah, that was a uh, bull boy. 
<laughs> I'm now remembering how inconvenient that was. Yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. We bought a house near the Air Force yeah, Base. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. stupid us. But ultimately, well, in the end... When we did buy the house, though, there was no... Like, every single time we went, there were no jets. It, well, they it were, like, like, seasonal. Yes. Where there were seasons where they would really do a lot, of, a lot more flyovers. Yeah, yeah. And um, when we bought and when we were looking at the house... It was in one of the seasons where it wasn't really happening very much. <laughs> so we were like, oh, yeah, I know we're near the Air Force Base, but it, it doesn't sound like they fly over this area. Yeah. Oh, boy, were we wrong. <laughs> yes, we oh, were. Oh, mama. <laughs> OJ just did a super jet. Yeah. Stuck at home and bought into the hype and got Animal Crossing. Uh, it was the worst thing I've ever experienced in 35 years of excess video game. <laughs> just a public service announcement. Um, <laughs> oh, he's got a wood question, too. <laughs> Yeah, Animal Crossing had me for about five days, maybe, yeah, maybe a no, week. it was longer. We were both playing for about... See, I'm old school Animal Crossing. I used yeah. to have Animal Crossing on the GameCube, and when I traveled for work, I would take the GameCube with me, and I would play in hotel rooms. Yeah. So... He's just upset, because he's in debt to Tom Nook. Sorry, sorry OJ, that... Uh, we steer, I steered you wrong with Animal Crossing. I, th I still think it's a cute game. It is a cute game, but eventually you realize all you're doing is playing a cute animal, very well-fleshed-out version of Farmville. <laughs> True. You know? Yeah. So it's that sort of thing. I don't know. It, Nicole, trust me. It's all right. I like it. Trust me. It's cute. Okay. Uh, I got a question here from Brian Tharp. Oh, wait. T Tommaso had a question, too. Mm -hmm. uh, now that you have a drawer... Draw knife? Do you actually use it? What's a draw? Oh, because he sent me a draw knife. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I use it for decoration, man. <laughs> uh, I'm sure at some point, if I decide to do something that a draw knife would be appropriate for, I might pull that sucker, uh, pull that sucker down, and, and actually try to use it. But I have not, admittedly, have not used it. Mm -hmm. It is on the wall, though. Al Richardson says he was stationed at Luke Air Force Base for seven years and loved every minute. There are look. There's two two types Emma, of people. Yeah, there's people who were annoyed by the Air Force, Air Force noise than the jets, and there's people that uh, who are crazy. <laughs> well, there's the, it always there used, were, this was the thing few. they used to say all the time, right? Sound of that's freedom. That's the sound of freedom. And I'm like, no, that's the sound of me losing my hearing. That's what that is. <laughs> that's the sound of future tinnitus. Well, it was frustrating for you. I really wish we had known when we bought the house. We could have done more research. Yeah, you know? yeah, We yeah. only had ourselves But there were there have been a number of times where you would come in the house and just like... Well, I couldn't work. I've I've I had to stop. I've tried to say one line <laughs> five different times, and every single time yeah. there's jets. Yep. So... But um, well, yeah, and it's fine. It, it's a, a necessary mm -hmm. thing, and uh, I'm glad people. I'm glad some people really like it. Mm -hmm. But I guess depending on what you do for a living, well, most people it might go not to, be most very people fun. go to an office. Yeah, they're not they at home. They're not home during, during that day. time. Yeah, yeah, so it did make our kids a little bit more noise tolerant, though, like during naps and stuff. Yeah, because the jets never woke them up from naps. Yeah, it was just something they had happen. Yeah, hmm. uh, I got a question here from Jason Spenny uh, on the trebuchet. 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 Sure. The washer at the end of the string isn't releasing, so I don't get a good throw. Any recommendations for troubleshooting? Kids love it. More projects like this during quarantine, please. Um, yeah, you can vary the little nail that sticks out at the end of the, the, the post, right? You can bend that. So if you bend it up, and I can't remember which one affects which thing, but you can bend it up or down, and that changes the point at which the washer releases. <clears throat> Excuse oh. me. So you might want to play with that. Grab a like needle nose plier and tweak it a little bit, 
and try it again and see what the effect is. But usually, if you mess with that a little bit, the washer can release a little earlier or later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chad Aldrich, uh, doing a challenge coin flag display. Did some shushu bang? Shoji ban. Shoshuji ban. I don't know. <laughs> shushu bang. Shushu bang strips. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I burned both sides of the wood to minimize warping. Can I seal the char on the back with a wipe on poly or spray poly acrylic? I guess you can. I don't know anything about that process. I mean, I know what it is. But when you char the wood like that, I always kind of assume that that in and of itself was a preservative method, you know. So it's not uh, – insects aren't going to want to go after it. Um, it's kind of its own thing. Now, I haven't heard or seen much in terms of what people do after that, if anything. But I don't see any reason why you couldn't necessarily, but you are fundamentally – changing the wood fibers and will they absorb the finish? Will it just kind of sit on top and flake off later? These are things I've never researched and I do not know. But one, one thing I do know is that this technique typically is used as a like one-stop shop finishing method because it, it's kind of making it, uh, preserving the wood in a way so that you don't have to do anything to it. But do some research. I don't really know in terms of finishing it after the fact. Question here from <coughs> Geraldo Rivera. Hi, Mark and Nicole. If I apply stain to a door and I want to want to top coat with lacquer, should I apply the sander, sanding seal after the stain? Right there. Okay. Uh, sanding sealers are usually used as a pre-stain, right? So you would put that down and then hit it with stain after and then lacquer. Uh, but depending on the wood species, you may be able to get away with not doing a sanding sealer at all. I really wouldn't do that unless you absolutely have to. If it's like a blotch-prone wood, um, that's when you would want to do that. But why add a step if you don't need to? So if it's a wood that takes a stain clean and, and doesn't blotch, then just stain. Wait for the stain to dry and then hit it with your lacquer. Michael wants to know if we have any plans to add this show to the calendar so folks like him can be on time. No, because this is the last Tuesday show that we're doing. Yeah. So. And we still haven't gotten a good barely. Like, universal calendar solution yeah. in place. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I usually do all that stuff, and I'm so pulled in so many directions right now. Yeah. Like, I, I put a – I had some face masks that I had – put up on the wood whisperer and they were sold and now everybody's like i need a mask and i'm yeah. like i don't have time admittedly we're pretty bad yeah with scheduling like we we should be tweeting out we when should. the show starts yeah, so we yeah. should have a whole system in place we're just lucky Are you to not, do the show do you not have the notification set on uh the channel if you're subscribed to the channel there's a little should be a little <coughs> bell yeah. next to the subscribe button that you can then get email notifications when we go live. And check your notification settings. So even though you click that bell, mm-hmm. if you have your settings on YouTube to not notify you, you, you will actually, um, you won't get the notification. So make sure you have it set up to either have the app notify you or have an email sent. You can kind of dictate how you want to be contacted. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Tharp's like, you, you mentioned my name, but you didn't read my question. I, I know, I get sidetracked. What? Oh, you said Brian Tharp. <laughs> Brian Tharp. And you got distracted. <laughs> Mark, I really need some stuff for sharpening chisels and plain irons, but really confused by all of the options. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't someone put together a kit of everything needed? I can't imagine that someone doesn't. You would think like a Highland Woodworking would be mm-hmm. a company a that would do that. A Rockler. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe because there's so many different ways you could do it 
that there is no like go-to solution. Mm -hmm. Like I have a kit and it consists of DMT products, Shapton products, sometimes Lee Valley, um, sometimes Lee Nielsen, like depending on what I'm doing, it changes. So I don't know, that's a good question. But I, I would have to imagine some of these woodworking vendors would put together a kit, you would think, right? Mm -hmm. But I guess they don't if he's been looking. So what would it be in the kit? I think that's also part of the problem is yeah. some people want four stones. Some uh, people just want a two-sided stone. Right. Like they want a simple kit. So it could really vary. Um, I have a video on this that you might want to check out. <laughs> yes. Which, what is it? What's it called? Just Google, or not Google, Google. just look in our uh, search, search for sharpening. Sharpen. I think the one that gets to the point the fastest is called six, 60 Seconds to Sharp. Ah. And I show what I do. Oh, look. We even have a Friday live show called Sharpening, Sharpening Frequency. Frequency. And Harvey. So, really. yeah. Go to our website. Search for sharpening. There's my sharpening system. That's going to give you, I think it was a live episode, so the, the quality is not so great. But look at that one and then look at 60 Seconds to Sharp, and it kind of gives you an idea of what I use. I have shaped in water stones, basically three grits, a uh, thousand yeah, 1,000, 5,000, and 8,000. Um, and Dan then I have a DMT stone that I use for lower grit Daniel stuff. says Highland Woodworking <laughs> does have some sort of kit as well. So there you go. They would be the company that would do something like that. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, it says Rob Kosman has kits too. Norman said that. Okay. Uh, I got a question here from... Let if me you, find he says if you have a lot of money, uh, Rob Kosman yeah. has kits. <laughs> Jeannie Grassi is in the chat. Have you ever had an allergic reaction to wood? I think some co cocobola Boca got, got to me. Cocobogo. Well, people that have nut allergies, walnut, right? Not necessarily. The dust? No. no. I think most walnut allergies are with the nuts ah, and not necessarily the, the wood. wood. Hmm. But uh, You could be wrong. I think a lot of times it's like a more of a dermatitis thing. Mm. Um, skin contact. Gotcha. I am fortunate that I have never had a wood-related allergy. I don't. I don't think. Right. I've never had anything happen no. that it was like uh, working with working with that darn walnut again. <laughs> now I can't breathe. Um, yes, yeah, so I've I've been lucky. I've never actually had that happen. Yeah. But it mm -hmm. is a common thing. I've I've seen people post. Yeah, you know, I worked with cedar all weekend and blah 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 blah. And it's um, it's something that happens. But fortunately, I have not had that. Uh, let's see, uh, old Ohio anglers in chat. He just said, "I just want to send say a big thank you for these shows. Help helps to break up the monotony." Nicole asked me this morning if I if I was going to be furlonged. No, I was. We were talking about. I said, "Oh, is Matt?" Oh, I said, "Matt's furlonged." Okay, Matt is furlonged. And I'm pretty sure a furlong is a unit of measurement. I think it's a, it's distance, <laughs> a, isn't it? Isn't it a, a Foo Fighter song? What? <laughs> furlong. That's ever everlong. Everlong. <laughs> this the see this you should. You this is a, what it's like. You got coffee on your nose. Well, that's where I keep it in case I need a little extra, a little extra caffeine. Anyway, yeah, I think a furlong is a unit of uh, distance. Uh, okay, okay. Furlong. What are you looking for? Is furlong. Furlong. John, I'm doing a show, man. <laughs> He's uh, working Bing. on the website right now. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> okay. Ryan Ludd says, hey, Mark, do you have a question you want to do? I can hold. I like uh, this one. Is there anything of which you don't have a video? There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. But, you know, over the years, you get asked certain questions so many times, you start to realize you should probably do a video on that topic. So, yeah, we've done quite a bit over the years, but it's just 
just because we've been doing it for a long time. So Ryan Lund's question is, hey Mark, I was wondering what sharpening, did we already answer this? A furlong, Gazang said, is an eighth of a mile. Ah. Uh, I wonder what sharpening system and chisel set you're suggesting to put in your beginner tool set. Looking huh. at Father's Day gifts and wanted to ask. Okay, well, that has not been 100% decided. I, I have a little sharpener. I think it was, um, dang it, pebble. The word pebble comes to mind. Pebble. Just look for pebble, pebble sh uh, sharpening stone. See if it comes up. Yeah, it does. Wow, it's, it's pretty good memory up here, Nicole. Uh-huh, there it so is. So there was a, a, um, a simple, I believe it's a dual-sided sharpener. I, I can't remember the grits, but it was you know something on the low end, something on the higher end. Which one? I don't remember. I'd have uh -huh. to go look. But it's, well, it's the name is Pebble, yeah. and it's just a simple stone. It does not come with a holder, as those do. Yeah, a lot of them. The one holders. that I bought. Mm. Do you have my account? Yeah. Okay, go into my orders and just search for uh, Pebble. Okay. So that is the sharpening stone that I've got. And then I picked up um, I picked up Amazon Basics chisels. Yeah. Why? Because they were twenty bucks, and I'm like, I gotta try this. I gotta find out if these are like as bad as traditional woodworking would tell us they should be. They're not made with the kind of steel you would normally buy your chisels from. Um, I can't remember the name of it, and they probably won't stay sharp as long as other chisels might. But Will they be able to chisel? And I'm sure the answer is going to be yes to that. So I haven't really gone fully down this path. I may decide, if I get to a point where I'm actually using them and going, this is garbage, I'm gonna swap them out for something else and, and try to make room in that budget, that, that like fake budget that I'm making, try to make a little bit more room for a better set of chisels if I need to. Uh, so but I did sharpen a couple of them up they got sharp. I was able to shave the, the my monkey hair off my arm. So it's these, right? The four-piece yeah. wood chisel set? At the time that I bought those, they were 20 bucks. I they're think 20, they were on they're sale. Still, they're still 20 bucks. Okay, so they're 20 bucks. I mean, a four-piece chisel set for 20 bucks. So because of what I'm trying to do budget-wise, that was hard to beat. It is funny because you know these things are totally just made in China. And sometimes the Amazon Basics stuff actually looks like there was effort put into it and the manufacturing process also brought the branding in, so it's part of the thing. Mm -hmm. These literally have an Amazon Basics sticker applied to the handle. Oh, really? It's, it's a sticker? It's fantastically awful. Yeah. Um, but I honestly don't think that they're going to be as bad as people might say they are. Yeah. But we'll see. 20, and it was <clears throat> the, uh, the Pebble Stone was yeah. on sale too. I don't know how much you paid for it, but I think it's like 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. It looks like it's on sale for uh, twenty six ninety nine, so twenty five percent off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Worth so effort put, has a. I put those I in the uh, Amazon store, so Amazon.com slash shop slash the Wood Whisperer under Friday Live, even though it's Tuesday. Luther Woodworks has a question: Why don't people sharpen their chisels in the winter? Because they'll get a burr. <laughs> that was a, that That's was a, a good, dad joke. Good dad joke right there. Uh, let's see. Worth effort. With a. All your past, I have a video for that. Have you thought of pulling snippets out of past videos since most info is disseminated at a video launch? 10 plus years is long enough to enable reruns. Um, I think that would be great to hire someone to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we live in such a world where even though this content is evergreen and it, you know is still useful, mm -hmm. um, taking the time out of creating new content to go back to old content and rehash it or put it in a different format is it's tough to justify, right? Because the th only thing that's going to get you did that with the, the <clears throat> one of the ten pound shellac or something like that. You pulled something out 
Not too long ago. No? No. I, I may have reworked videos yeah. to make them a little bit shorter, yeah. more concise. I've done that in the past. Yeah. But what he's talking is almost like a best of, right? Like anytime I talked about finishing, let's get the finishing, put them all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hard to justify the work that that would take mm -hmm. rather than just making new content and continuing to, to push to the next thing. That's always a, a, a difficult thing for us to decide when to rely on the old stuff mm -hmm. and when to you know take time to actually uh, change it to make it a little bit more of a digestible format but most of the time it's not worth the time at least it, the, and with my mindset right now i found it to not be worth the time well and like for instance um our videos being dubbed in spanish see si. that is not anything we would be able to do and so we no. had a company that approached us and said hey we want to do this you'll yeah. get a cut blah 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 we're like okay yeah, so I think at some point if we wanted to hire someone to do that, mm -hmm. same thing with like with this show. If I've answered, like um, Josh Doolittle yeah. has a great spreadsheet. If someone wanted to take the time to go into each one and take all of my finishing answers and put them into one video, that's great. I think it would be useful. It would be very cool. But I can't spend my time doing that yeah. because I'm making new videos. Yeah, It's a hard thing to justify. Again, uh, that whole time thing. Brian Potter. Yes. I just purchased purchased my Incra 5000 sled. Are there any improvements that you would suggest? Mm. No improvements. I mean, you, you it's it's like any other sled. Um, in that sense, you could put a sacrificial fence on it. I've got one on mine. Uh, this way, you can you know butt that thing out to the blade and have the blade cut through it, so you get a nice zero clearance. Lots of support that way. Um, I would also recommend putting it on the left of the blade. So this is something that the instructions don't do a really good job of presenting the two arguments for why you would want it on the left versus on the right. And I think they actually, in the instructions, push you to put it on the right. But when I really thought about it, I decided that on the left was the better way to go. If you cut more bevels, right, you bevel your blade and you have it on the left, you will always cut into your, your base, right, which you don't want to do. The other situation where you could cut into the base is going with a dado stack, right? So if you have a left tilt saw, your dado stack mounts and gets wider as you go to the right. So I decided I don't bevel that often, so I'm not worried about that. I put mine on the left of the blade, so now as my dado stack, no matter what size dado I use, I can continue to add chippers and it will never touch my main sled, right? So for me, if you know if you're doing lots of dados on cross cuts and uh, you use that thing with the dado stack more than you make bevels, definitely put it on the left. You'll, you'll thank me later. To the left. To the left. Chris Kalnassi says, Mark, you, had you said you had a health scare uh, a while back, which guided you to wear a dust mask more often. Uh, do you mind sharing what that was? Also, which 3M mask do you have again? Um, the yeah, so the 3M is the 3M6500. I wonder if they have it in stock. I don't. And the last time we discussed face masks, we were um, someone reminded us. Uh, what was this? Oh, it was on Wood Talk. Mm. Someone made a, a good point. We were talking about safety and dust masks, and we never mentioned anything about the current virus right. situation, uh, where they expected us to say something like, "Don't worry about getting a dust mask right now." Like, let people who need them, yeah. you know, the, the the medical professionals, have access to those. Um, so I'm going to say that as a caveat. We're going to talk about masks, but I'm going to tell you, if you can, hold off. It's you may a, not even funny. be able to buy it right now anyway. You can't. It says prioritize for organizations on the front lines responding to COVID-19. There you go. So it's a 3M6500 
maybe wait a few months before you, you bother trying to pick it up. Um, what was the first one? Oh, the health scare. So yeah, I had a, there was a situation around the time that Ava was born where I think I may have just breathed in too much lacquer or yeah. something caused me to just have coughing fits, like really bad coughing fits. Um, and the health scare was going through the process of getting, um, you know, getting scans done. Mm-hmm. And then they found um, like a nodule, which happened to be benign and not a problem, but they found something. It was an incidental finding. And that's when they found in, an incidental finding in my thyroid, which was something we needed to uh, take action on. So it was just none of this stuff happens fast, right? It all drags on. So with someone who has, you know, major health anxiety, that sort of thing was a, a real, uh, that, that sucked. <laughs> that sucked a lot. Uh, so, yeah, it was basically that. And here's the thing. It prob- very little, maybe the coughing fits, I don't know, but very little had to do with my exposure. Yeah. No, what oh, we're talking oh, about oh, is the mask. Yeah. I don't think this what really had anything to do with, uh, like, everything that really messed me up during that time didn't have anything to do with breathing dust or mm-hmm. anything like that. I've always been very careful about um, my, my, my health and, and protecting myself in the shop. Um, but going through that experience, which was started by a cough, it started to make me really think more about this stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to make it sound like I had a health scare because I was doing unsafe things before that. Right. It was just something that was an incidental finding that took me down a path where I had to have surgery and things happened. So that, that's all that was. Now you have half a thyroid. Now I, yes. <laughs> I lost my left lobe, folks. Yeah. Thankfully, you, you don't have to take meds for that. Yeah, you can, you can survive just fine with half a thyroid. Got a super chat here from Luther Woodworks. Mm-hmm. When using my Stanley Jack plane, I'm constantly getting lines on my wood. I've adjusted the angle, and it still happens. Any suggestions? Well, where are the lines coming from? I'm assuming we're not talking in the middle of the blade, which would indicate that you might have chips. If it's coming from the outside of the blade, um, look into cambering, possibly. You could put a slight camber on the blade, which will give you a little bit of curvature so that your sides are up a little bit. What you might be getting is the marks from the very ends of the blade kind of digging in a little bit too much or leaving those lines. Uh, some people will even like nick the corners slightly, but research that before you do it. It says there's no nicks on the blade. Okay, so look at the corners. You may want to, and we're talking like a microscopic dog ear in a sense, to take those sharp corners away. That might help too, but again, do some research on that because I don't want you to damage your blade or cause you to have to re, um, regrind your bevel by doing something you shouldn't do. But at the very least, you could add a little bit, especially if you're going like smoothing passes. You're not going to do anything to the surface after you're done. Even though it's a jack plane, you could totally do that. Um, and if you're trying to get rid of those lines, that might be something you want to do to modify your blade so that it is cutting on a little bit more of a, a just a slight curvature um, that alleviates the problem with the sides. I think we're just about done, Nicole. Yep. I have one more question and then we'll call it Alex Copley. Uh, Whenever I go to my local sawmill, they always have uh, the ends of the wood painted and sealed. This Mm -hmm. makes it tough for a rookie like me to pick wood based on grain. Any tips for that? Well, it is sometimes nice, as I consider it a secondary concern, to see what the end grain is doing. A lot of times, though, you can really tell what's going on just by looking at the face grain. So let's say you're looking for rift sawn, quarter sawn material. You can usually see on the face whether or not that pattern is there. So if it's a nice straight grain, chances are it's a decent rift or quarter sawn board. Um, So, yeah, most places aren't going to be too happy if you take a block plane and start trying to plane off the paint on Mm -hmm. the ends. 
But I don't think you absolutely need to see the end grain at the time of purchase. That can certainly be helpful later. Um, it would be great if you could see it, but you can't. Um, I've never found that to be a hindrance to picking boards because most of the time I'm actually looking at the face of the board and sometimes the side, you know, the side grain as well. But most of the time it's the face that's giving me enough information to know if that's a board I want to bring home. That's it. We good? I think so. <clears throat> Jack Dalby, oh, he wants to know if your PM11 chisels have cut you. Have no, you? I've been, people in the guild have been posting about that. They're getting cut because the, in particular, the PMV11 uh, chisels are so super razor sharp yeah. on the sides that people are just holding it and they're cutting themselves on the sides. So I have not because I know it's a problem and I have slightly dulled them a mm. little bit, not much, but I'm altering my grip to, to sort of do like the pinch grip as opposed to like uh. really getting my hands around it. So I'm just kind of careful with it. <laughs> so, so far so good. I, if I have to do a set of dovetails, I probably will. Even any chisel I've ever had, I almost always end up with like right inside my finger with a series of cuts. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Of course, now we got a super chat. <clears throat> okay. Thank you, Argo. Uh, just fact, as we're trying to go. <laughs> it's okay. That's how they keep us here. Yeah. Working overtime. <laughs> we're not going to move Deadpool. <laughs> Sorry to you, Tim. Ooh. <laughs> Is that a Star Trek avatar? I like ye. Uh, hey, Mark, a book that talks about wood toxicity is the Essential Wood Book. The Woodworker's Guide to Choosing and Using Lumber. Love your show. That sounds like a great resource. I do not have that book. You do not have it. I do not have it. That's, I have lots of books. That is not one of those books. Well, maybe you should order it. I probably should. Put it uh, on the shelf with all the other books that I'm not Michael, reading. Michael, you're right. The show does need more Dougie. If you're not following Dougie on Instagram, you should. I've been mm -hmm. posting lots of videos. He's Dougie Spag. D-U-G-E-E-S-P-A-G. Yep, that's how Hey Dougie, the cartoon, is spelled. So that's how we spelled his name. That's right. <laughs> um, okay. You got, uh, are we doing a, a giveaway today or no? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Free I'll Guild Project? Uh, since it's a random Tuesday show, I'll pull one from uh, the, the uh, ones from YouTube. Yeah, and we don't always say it. We just assume people know what it is. Um, we have this other thing called the Wood Whisperer Guild. It's kind of like an online woodworking school where you could buy courses on particular projects. So we try every time we do a live show to pick a winner, that person gets a free project. So I'm gonna give it to Douglas Mugham. If you're still in the chat room, he asked about your science background. Okay. Um, you can email me, Nicole, and I see O-L-E, at thewoodwhisperer.com. And if you are not a guild member, we'll all get you set up. You just need to buy the picture. By it's a free project, the picture frame project mm -hmm. over in the guild. That'll get you established in the guild, and then I can give you any project that you would like. So, Douglas, email me. Email it's her. Up to you to get this. Not me. Only you, you. can get a free project. <laughs> Only you. All right. Well, thank you for watching, everybody. Yes. Have a great week, and we will see you on Friday. Tomorrow is Wednesday. Tomorrow's Wednesday. I know. We. I. I've mentally just been saying day. It's a day. What? <laughs> the days of the week. Oh, us getting mixed up with the days. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious, it's just, Nicole. It's oh, yes. hilarious. I'm so hilarious. <laughs> okay. Uh, have a great week, everybody.